five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. And this was an interesting article on the complexity of digital buying by Rob Williams at Media Post. And uh, what makes the ad industry, and by ad industry, he uh, he euphemistically calls digital marketing the ad industry. Uh, and one is, in, number one was increase in the different transaction methods for buying media. Of course, that's because each media in digital wants to keep you under control. The walled gardens is down here, but that's actually kind of a synonym for the first one. <clears throat> Although there are more than one walled garden there's more than one increase in the number of media channels you see and they each want you to buy distinctly through them so you know you don't just go buy facebook um inconsistent media measurement tools across a campaign and of course that's because you're buying from different channels different gardens and none of them will tell you exactly who got to, who was pushed your ad even though they might know they might or they might not. Depends on how they run it. But at best, they know and they don't tell you. <laughs> Which means that, and and also because there's so many buying methods, you're probably not uploading your orders to them. And even if you did, the 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 order, you know, the email that they used on the that a person used on the order, or the even the IP address. I might order at at work. And I might have it delivered to my home, different IP address, might use my phone, different IP address, uh, might use a different email. You're right. There's so many ways that the even even if you take the transactions, even if the media outlet had the transactions, which they generally don't, uh, you know, Google will track it to your website. But whether they bought or not, sometimes they can, some some they some uh, merchants will even let Google see the order. Now, that doesn't mean it necessarily got placed, might have got canceled, might have got returned. You know, there's so many factors. Uh, at, you know, we've been dealing with these factors literally for 26, 27 years. So, uh, you know, all of these things matter. But most of all, you don't know who actually saw the ad, who actually paid attention to the ad. You know, you might know that it was served. Consumer technology, right, all the different options that consumers have, and the number of buying tools necessary to complete a campaign. I can tell you that mail can solve those things if you want. There's a bunch of great printers that will help you connect digital to your mail, but the big factor is that mail gives you a grounding foundation, which is the, the home address. We know that the mail gets to a decision maker, we know that the decision maker engages at some level. You know, the better the mail, the better the, the level. So let's get on and look at some mailing pieces. I found this uh, in Brand United, this article, especially disturbing. <clears throat> I'll let you go to WDMA.org and subscribe if you want the complete article, or you can obviously find it uh, right now. I believe it's it's the number one article over on Brand United. <clears throat> so the first, it starts out... <clears throat> In an interesting move, logical move, we've seen brands enhance their direct mail campaigns by using interactive elements and leveraging technology. That means marketers should leverage technology as a way to boost customer experiences with mail. 
Well, there's a there's an ethical imperative for you. You know, ought implies can, but not the other way around. <laughs> Just because you can use technology doesn't mean you should. And in this entire article, I didn't see one uh, one even hint of testing these technologies. All we did was recognize that. Disney Cruises, Disney in general, uh, and many other brands used these little gimmicks. Um, let's get into the gimmicks, okay? BMW scheduled their let made it simple for customers to schedule their maintenance service just by scanning a QR code. I'm sure that's not true because you have to tell the scheduler when you want to come. So it's not enough just to schedule the, to, to hit the QR code unless they had a whole plethora, which they didn't. They just had one that basically took you to the scheduling section of their app. You still have to tell it. So it's anyway, I love the hyperbole in this article. <clears throat> Here's one. Scan a QR code to make the customers feel part of the Marvel Universe. So by watching a video about the about the next Disney movie, I feel like I'm a real part of the team. My word. I, you know, it, it almost seems like the brands, and maybe this is because it's Brand United is the name of the, is the, name of the media outlet. <clears throat> uh, direct mail is a place for brand ethics. Yeah, you can talk about all that stuff. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't know that it'll sell. I don't know that it'll increase response. It might decrease response. Some of these made me mad, and I might not like what they're doing. Okay. <clears throat> Voice-activated call to action. Vecta. Because over a quarter of the U.S. of U.S. adults own a smart speaker. Is it turned on? What do they use it for? You know, I can understand saying to Alexa, play some jazz or jazz Christmas tunes or something. But, but they're actually, they actually have this idea that you're going to apply for a loan using your smart speakerphone. That sounds like a whole nother way of, ins a whole nother level of insanity. And look at the space this occupies. They took a lot of space to do this, you know, thinking that they'd be cool. I remember hearing the story of, uh, I can, I remember the, the catalog, but I won't, <laughs> I won't mention the catalog. Um, but they were so excited because they they could put, instead of putting QR codes in their catalog, they could take each image in the catalog and have your QR code scanner in your phone go to that image's page on their website and find out more about the image. I, I take that back. It wasn't exactly your phone. You had to download a separate app to make it work. And so, and we're hearing about, in this article, we hear about VR, uh, you know, virtual reality, a separate app, almost always. And so they, 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 re, they recreated every image in the catalog so that it could function like a, a QR code. You know, the problem with that is nobody knew it was a QR code. I highly, I highly recommend you don't, you don't camouflage your QR codes in the images. Put them on there like real. They can be a quarter inch in, in size, a quarter inch square. I mean, but people know what a QR code is. They know there's more information hiding behind it, right? But anyway, they found out that, you know, out of 
hundreds of thousands of catalogs, uh, only three people downloaded the app. So just because somebody has a, a phone that could download the app doesn't mean anybody's going to do it. That was the death of QR codes in the beginning. Nobody downloaded the app to read them. I remember looking in Gulf Magazine and every ad had a QR code in it. They all embraced the technology the advertisers did, but the consumer didn't because the consumer had to download a special app to read QR codes. So be very, very careful to be an early adopter on some of these technologies. And uh, as I said, there isn't one real, uh, it took me a lot to get this, the, even this article to, uh, to format. You know, here's, here's the Disney Cruise example. Unlock the magic of the storybook page. Scan the QR code, go to Disney history, no, DisneyWishStoryCard.com. Great URL. <laughs> I, I do recommend that you put the URL in there. Okay, so on another note, let's go on. Uh, and I should have just skipped over the DM bridge, but, you know, it was, it's typical of so many articles that, that, that encourage you to, un, in an untested manner, utilize technology. This, on the other hand, is more, this is from David Rosendahl and, and uh, Andrew Ettinger uh, at Best Postcards. Um, here's, a, here's an example of lead generation in case you need windows. How often do you need windows? Once every 10 years, 20 years? I don't know. I haven't done it in 30, and I do need windows. So this was relevant to me, okay? But there's no real attempt. This is not going to people that, this is not going to people that just uh, clicked on a windows or searched for windows on their phone. This is going to people who had bought windows or bought remodeling in the past, and it's going to people in the neighborhoods of people who had bought windows. That's generally basically what Andrew says they did. Okay, this is an entirely different philosophy of advertising. This is a philosophy based on the idea that you can't guess what I'm going to be interested in next. Okay, right? Does that make sense? Okay, so the wind blows and one of the windows in my house falls out, let's just say. It has not happened. But it could happen tomorrow. <laughs> you know, yes, this week, early this week, I was on the phone with a furnace company that uh, has worked on my furnace in the past and, you know, fairly reputable. My furnace went out and uh, it was partly my fault. I'd cracked a hose. I didn't realize that when I was doing my home repair. Not everybody does home repair on furnaces. But until that point, I didn't call them. Uh, on Monday morning, I woke up and my furnace wasn't working. Okay, so I did my best and eventually we figured it out. But, but one philosophy of advertising says, I'm going to guess what you want next. And that's called personalization. Real-time data, personalization. Good luck with that. That's the kind of the myth of digital all the while, ever since it the Internet started. We can get that ad to you so fast that your head will spin and you'll say, how did you know my furnace was out? You know, it was your, I mean, <laughs> you know, and they could, they could have done it. I mean, they could do it. I have an Internet thermostat and you could actually probably target consumers based on the differential between the set temperature and the actual temperature. So the way I knew my furnace was dead was it, the, the thermostat was set to 67 and the house was 60. So there you go. They could have, they could have had real-time data. Somebody has it somewhere. Um, 
they don't have my address because they didn't register it, so they wouldn't know where to send it if I didn't get anything in the mail. I've already fixed the furnace. But the philosophy of advertising, the other philosophy of advertising is someday you're going to need Windows. And we're okay that you don't need Windows today. We want you to remember us when you need Windows. And that's market leadership. And that's marketing warfare. Trout and Reese, get in your head. And this article, this is one just subscribe it's free uh, but this article is just full of of rich philosophical information and tests it, it, in an era when digital marketing is taking all the oxygen out of many marketing discussions it's beginning to dawn on many home improvement pros that they likely are over reliant on digital ads to to drive leads and this is about a company. One of the case studies is about a company that May and June, I believe, of 2020 had their best month ever. But best months ever. Because when they couldn't go to events anymore, in-person events to generate leads, to get people who really were interested in remodeling their homes. I mean, that's an excellent, that's an excellent marketing strategy, right? But when they couldn't do that, they went back to direct mail and mailed their customers and mailed the people around their customers and generated more leads than they'd ever generated in the past. How about that? Right? Okay. Best postcards. And best postcards actually lays out how they structure this. We will ask company owners to send a list of their active customers from the last two years. We then take those customers and we plot them on a heat map of their service areas. We show them where their customers are coming from. You know, Assuming that they're doing, you know, some kind of general advertising to the to the metro area or something. Then we append the data with outside demographics to help them better understand where their client, who their client is, their ethnicity, their income level, their home values. Okay. And then we we not only have them mail their their past customers, but we mail basically customers in the neighborhood. Excellent idea. And so this thing is just a rich, wonderful this is a kind of this is the and and they even talk about mailing only 90% of the target lists and then looking at we remove every 10th home from the list and use it as a holdout test says Ettinger offering an example of a test for gym membership clients people who receive the mail at an 80% net lift see because you can because the engagement is so high with mail you can mail most and then you can not mail some. And you can actually see the difference in downstream ad spend. That is amazing, right? That the people mailed spend 80% more in membership than those who did not. And we see that over and over and over. So mail, unlike digital, if you just stop mailing some people, or digitally contacting some people, you'll likely not see any change. Likely your business won't be affected at all. That's what Block, that's what Procter and Gamble found out. That's what uh, eBay found out. All of a sudden they, they had a problem placing their digital ads and their pay-per-click. Nothing happened. They turned it off for a week. Nothing. No change whatsoever. They turned it off for a month. Okay. Andrew's helping people see the myth of digital advertising. That's enough for today. Merry Christmas. Have a great day. Like and share. Shares are worth about 20 likes. So if you really want to get your customers focused, 
you can also start this if you go to youtube you can pick the starting point um when you do a share and you can just start with this actually excellent article have a great day bye bye